Welcome everyone to this Change Your Game with GTD podcast. My name is Robert Peake and I'm here with Todd Brown. Hi everyone. Hey Todd. So in this podcast series, our goal is to have a conversation about a variety of topics uh, that are related to well-being, that are related to greater effectiveness in your life and in your work, and really all around this methodology called Getting Things Done, or GTD, which a great number of people have embraced uh, to help them have uh, a little more stress-free productivity in their lives. That's the promise, that's the goal, and that's kind of the purpose of these conversations. And as we were talking uh, just now, Todd, we were talking about how um, often one of the kind of unusual traits maybe of the getting things done methodology, something that kind of differentiates it from other approaches to productivity, differentiates it certainly from the idea of simple time management, is the idea of creating next actions and putting those next actions into contexts on lists. And I think this isn't something we do naturally. We're not trained to do. Um, you know, in life, we're much more trained to think categorically about how things fit into different categories, red or blue, big or small. And so when people come from a to-do list mindset or from just any of us in traditional categorical thinking from our, our school days, this can be a bit of an unusual concept. So we wanted to kind of unpack some of that. I wonder if you want to take a first stab at some kind of initial thoughts about maybe what is a context in GTD terms, uh, why we think they're so useful and important, and uh, what what people might need to know that are either coming in new or have been at this for a while and are wondering, do I have the right contexts? You know, how, how do contexts help me? How do I use contexts well? Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, just um, reflecting on what you've just had to say, I think one of the interesting ideas to begin with is this idea of, well, it's it's really the core idea in many ways uh, in getting things done, which is that we don't keep things in our heads. So so no matter what your, your lists look like, in a sense, if you're in the habit of making lists, you know, you're, you're probably on, on your way anyway, to the point where you're, you're implementing something that starts to look like best practice. So I just, I just say that because over the last um, several months as I've been, as I've been working with clients, one of the things that has come up um, surprisingly regularly is some resistance to, um, as we say, getting things out of our heads, right? People say, well, that's not important. Comes back to the point you made about categories. That's not important. That's not a priority. I don't need to write that down because it's just not in the big scheme of things uh, that that critical. Um, and if we move on from that idea and say, okay, well, let's let's imagine that you're in the, the habit of getting things out of your head, and we imagine the average person's to do list, right? For for those people who do keep to do lists, and in you know in the work we do, we see these. Of course, we see these all the time, right? And they tend uh, to have certain sort of common, you know, the, the certain hallmarks. So they tend to be um, a mixture of very concrete, very, I need to call him, I need to email her, I need to, you know, whatever, I need to text, you know, create a, create a post in social media, whatever. They tend to be a mixture of those kinds of things, as well as much bigger, 
vaguer in many cases, longer term in many cases kinds of things. And so there's a mix in there. And the problem with that from, you know, from a productivity point of view is that when you look at a list, which is undifferentiated on the one hand, and at the same time has all of these bigger, you know, if, if you've got two things on your to-do list, one is, you know, call, call Sarah. And the other is, you know, um, come up with a solution for, uh, you know, for, for, for climate change. Well, you're going to be drawn to calling Sarah, not because, you know, <laughs> solving the climate change problem is a, pri- is, is not a priority, but because it's just too overwhelming. Right. So that brings us to this idea of next actions and the thinking behind next actions is let's be really concrete um, about what it is very next that you need to do to do that. So, you know, using the, the clarifying questions that we recommend as part of the methodology, we could take, you know, solve the problem of climate change and ask you, okay, what's the very next thing you need to do in order to get going, right? What's, what, what does starting that look like? Okay. So now let's imagine that we have a list, which is next actions. Okay. So everything there is a, is something that we could see you do. It's a physical, visible thing that we could see you do. Now comes the challenge, and this is where contexts, I think, are particularly relevant, that most people, if you look at their next actions, they're going to have many dozens, most people, and in, in again, many cases, more than, more than 100, more than 200 in some cases, okay? The challenge there now is let's imagine I have a, you know, a next actions list that's got 120 things on it. Trying to engage with that list is really challenging, right? A list of 120 things, just to look at the contents of that list and try to make a determination about what's the right thing for me to focus on next is going to take you minutes at the very least, you know, maybe 10, 20 minutes, who knows? So the idea behind contexts is we take all of those next actions and we group them. And what we group them by is where the action happens, okay, or with what tool the action happens. Those are the typical sort of guidelines around creating context. So, you know, if you read David Allen's first book, if you read uh, Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity, you'll see recommendations, for example, to have uh, a, a context list, the next actions list for things you need to discuss with people, right? Here are the things I need to discuss with a boss. Here are the things I need to discuss with, with, you know, with my wife in my case, let's say. Um, you'll also have, uh, you know, the, the recommendation is to have things like, these are the phone calls I need to make. These are the things I need to be reminded about at my computer. And again, just to come back to the why, because I think the why is really critical. So why do we recommend this? It's simply because, we want to make the next action list as as um, as nimble and as supportive as possible, and subdividing these um, the, the the overall next actions list into these into these contexts means that when I then ask myself the question, okay, well, what should I do next? Right, what's the very next thing for me to do? I've got some time free before the next thing in my calendar. What, what should I do next? I can start with the things that I can do given where I am and given what tools I have to hand. So, so that, you know, for me, that's kind of, in, in my own head, that's kind of the evolution of the idea and the reason that we suggest it. Um, and I guess I'm, I'm wondering, you know, well, first off, uh, anything you think you'd want to enhance or, or, uh, or, or revise there, but also kind of, 
you know, given, and I've talked a little bit about the default context that we recommend, what kinds of, what kinds of, you know, hesitance, what kind of pushback, what kind of concerns do you get from people as you talk about contexts? Yeah, that's great. I just want to say, I really appreciate how you kind of really started at the beginning with your analysis of context. So many people go straight to the context into which we put next actions. But as I was hearing you talk, I, I kind of little light bulb moment actually of going, you know, projects, the projects list is a context in a way as well. The context there is I want to look at the longer term multi-step outcomes. And so many people don't realize that you don't need to be looking at that every moment of every day. You actually probably want to look at that more like kind of once a week to make sure that you have appropriate next actions that are moving you along in that direction. So I really, anyway, I really appreciate like almost the kind of taxonomy that you laid out there of um, of context, because I think it's really uh, helpful, you know, helpful framing uh, for all of that. And so following on from that, you know, in terms of your, your question, one of the biggest things I hear people say is, you know, but how do I, how do I prioritize? You know, I want a, a context that is priority one, priority two, priority three. I want a context that will help me focus on the most important stuff, because again, as you pointed out, our categorical training has also a lot of impact on how we think about different aspects or areas of our life, different things that we're doing as essentially important and less important, right? And and we're very much trained to go focus on what's focus on what's important, focus on what really matters. But the incredible irony there is that it, our minds, our particularly our creative imaginations, seem to be kind of aspatial and atemporal. They seem to not understand that we can't do certain things in certain places or unless we have certain tools. Or the third thing, unless we're in a certain mindset or frame of mind that we'll be able to do that productively. And so people say, well, you know, it's just one of the real priorities in my life, for example, is you know, getting my garden renovated, you know, getting all the all the landscaping done for my garden. We say, great. And I've got some next actions and things I want to do there to move that project along. It's really important to me. But they're at work. So the question is, do you want to just zoom home? <laughs> right? Is it that important that you want to just leave work, take the day off, suddenly go and do that? No, of course not. But your brain doesn't really, in a way, know that you're at work. If you're trying to think about all the great things that you're going to be doing with the garden and how important it is all day long at work, you're really not, you know, devoting your 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 brightest and best synapses to to the task at hand, which is do your job in your office. So it's just a funny thing where where I mean, famously, I think it was some it was Steve Jobs who said, you know, you should have like three projects in your life and you should be able to write them on an index card and put them in your front pocket and just focus on that. But of course, he was famous not only for the iPhone, but for his kind of monomania, really, you know, and, and the, the Steve Jobs route is one where, you know, he basically had someone write his write his biography so his kids could get to know him. So if that's the kind of approach you want to take of super categorical, hyper categorical, three things matter and everything else doesn't, you're welcome to it. It's an option. But what contexts allow is that it allows, I think, for the brain to be able to acknowledge the practicalities of what's possible. And so often we forget that all we can do moment to moment is what's possible, what's in front of us. We go off on these flights of fantasies of vision and long-term things and, again, how great the garden is going to be. 
But this brings us back to reality in a way. And so having good context, I think, starts with reality. What is the reality of where you are, of what you have available, of how you're doing? And in that sense, when people say, what about prioritization? I say, well, it's practical prioritization. The very first cut is the practical cut. And your brain doesn't do that. Now, it can go off and prioritize things when you're doing the weekly review and you're engaging with projects, and that's all great. And that'll probably help you take better next actions and manage your calendar and and manage the time element of what you're doing in the coming week and so forth. But context, to me, really are the promise of being able to be present with what's possible and do that well, and to string along those little moments of doing things well into a successful life and career, basically. I love the way you put that, you know, this idea that that um, this whole approach creates the space or, or creates some awareness in our brains about the fact that we can't do everything we want to do at any given moment, right? That we, we are limited in that way. And, and in some ways, when you get to that realization, it's a bit of a dull, well, of course, moment for, it certainly was for me, you know? But at the same time, as you say, our brains aren't really wired. Our brains were not wired to be working, working, in, and I mean working in the sense that you know being being productive in a in a let's just say a professional capacity, in a situation where there's a lot of ambiguity about what it is that I can do next. There's you know I have a lot of different options that you know as time's gone by, the technology has gotten a lot more varied, and the number of tools that I can use has gotten a lot more varied. The brain is not really built to dovetail all by itself to dovetail with the reality. And so I think one of the things that GTV allows us to do is really to, to, to put that join in, right? To put that, to, to allow the, the connection between uh, our brains and our current reality. And that's why I think it's so valuable. You know, as you were talking about it, I'm, I'm, I think I might've mentioned this in a previous podcast that you and I have done together, but there was a blog that got done by one of our associates, David Griffin and David, hi, if you're, if you're uh, listening in, um, he did an absolutely beautiful blog. This was several years ago where he talked about the fact that, or he asked the question, it was a bit of a thought experiment. He said, if you are going to the grocery store with a list of things you need to buy, do you want to see on that list? paving stones. Okay. And the answer is no, you don't. <laughs> that would be being reminded about something in the wrong context. And I just love that little example of, because it makes it so clear why it is that context can be so valuable, right? You know, one of the very first times that I sat down uh, and talked to David Allen <clears throat> about uh, you know, about sort of GTD was very early on in my, in my, you know, days with getting the business started and getting certified and doing all that. David said something which is still, still stuck with me, uh, as, as have many things that David said over the years, but, but he said, you know, in, in, in response to a question that I asked him about, you know, my own system and how it works, he said, how do you want to be reminded? He said, how do you want to be reminded? Okay. And what I love about that is there are two there are two ideas there. If you unpack it, one is the idea that I need reminding, right? My brain can't do it all by myself. I need the external support, right? So having some sort of an external system, as we've talked about many times, whether it's digital paper or papyrus, some sort of external system, right, where I have these reminders. But the other thing that he said was, how do you want to be reminded, right? So what's 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 important to you about this reminding process, and 
And what that meant for me was, okay, you know, these, to, to bring it back to the topic we're talking about today, these contexts, right, that we suggest, that the default context that we suggest, if you read David's first book, those are suggestions, and they might be good for you. Some of them might be good for you. All of them might be good for you. But you might want to change them. And ultimately, I guess the way I quite often put it when I'm doing when I'm doing work with clients is, you know, think about yourself in different situations in your life, right? You're on the way to the office, you're in you're at home, you're in a meeting with your boss, you're um you're out and about, right? On the on the on the streets of your town, right? In those various situations, if you said to yourself, okay, I'd like to do something productive now. What would you want to see? And if you do that experiment, what I find quite often is that people go, yeah, actually, I quite like this idea. This happened to me just last week in a, in a coaching. Um, this person has a commute into, into London. They're on the train for a half an hour plus every day, each direction. And they said, hey, it would be really helpful for me to have a thing, a, a list of things that I want to be reminded about when I'm on the train. There you go. That's a context, right? But that was not me saying you should have that. That was her saying, hey, this would be a valuable thing. This is how I want to be reminded. And I think that's, um, I'll just say one more thing, and then I'm, I'm really keen to hear your thoughts. But, you know, this is, again, one of the things that I think GTD brings to the world that I certainly hadn't seen before my exposure to GTD is that it has space for us as individuals. It has space for our preferences. It has space for the ways we want to work. It has space for the tools we want to use. It's not prescriptive about those things, okay? And it allows us to come up with solutions that, yeah, make us more productive, make us more um, effective and efficient and stress-free, but in ways that make sense for us. So there you go. I feel, as I sometimes say in calls with clients, I desperately now feel the need to stop talking and see what you are and see what your thoughts are. <laughs> Well, I was just really enjoying hearing you unpack all of that because I think so much about the heart of what you're saying about this being for you and customized is the fundamental message that helps people understand why contexts matter and how context can be used for them. So you talked about, you know, what do people balk at? Sometimes what they balk at is when we give them a kind of generic list of possible contexts, they kind of go, well... You know, I'm working remotely these days. What's the difference between office and computer? You know, it's like, well, maybe none for you. Maybe that's one context. Well, the phone thing, I always have a phone. I go, well, that's great. I don't always feel like making an outbound call, you know, so I might keep a phone list. You might not. You might jump on those calls, you know, or or manage that in relation to emails in a different way. So I think really that that core concept that GTD is for you and therefore context should be for you um, is really one of the things that when when people really get that, they start to embrace rather than sort of question or be puzzled about putting their next actions into, into contexts. So um, I'm curious um, to hear what um, unusual contexts you may have seen over the years or you may even keep for yourself anything outside the standard set i think you you know you you mentioned one but just maybe to help people understand that this really is unique to each each individual gtd or um do you have do you have some some examples we can maybe riff on yeah. some unusual contexts 
Yeah, sure. I, I don't know how unusual they are, but let, let me let me just mention one that I think is is um, a, a family of contexts that I think that I think uh, can be very helpful for a lot of people. So, for those of you that haven't read the book, one of the one of the um, or, or or you know been exposed to the training or the coaching, one of the things that we recommend people consider is a list called uh, at computer. So a context called at computer, and the thinking behind that is okay. These are the things that I want to be reminded about when I'm at my computer, whatever that looks like, whether you know I'm in the office or whether I've got my laptop or whatever, right? Or whatever my computer is. Um, now, quite a lot of people, I actually remember seeing a some, some social media post, somebody said, uh, well, GTD recommends a, a list called that computer and that makes no sense, therefore GTD doesn't work, right? Somebody said something along those lines. Um, but anyway, and, and I do understand, let me be really clear, I do understand how many people would resist that context, right? Because, you know, to your point, that that's just the percentage of things that I focus on in any given day that, that have to do with me being at the keyboard in front of the screen, that's a big percentage, right? And so having a single list of those things might result in, in a list of at-computer actions which would be dozens and dozens and dozens of things, right? Which is not going to be attractive and not going to support my productivity. So, in answer to your question, what I quite often see people do is they'll subdivide that list, right? So they'll have, um, uh, instead of just at computer, they'll have emails to send. They'll have, um, uh, you know, websites to browse or internet searches to do. They'll have, um, I actually saw somebody uh, not long ago create a new context called, um, uh, in essence, things to discuss with chat GPT. Interesting context, right? So here are the things, you know, what, what she was recognizing was that she was getting some, you know, some initial very positive results out of having some interactions with chat GPT. And she recognized that that quite often involved a bit of time, right? It wasn't just a quick hit, you know, quick sort of internet search. It was, you know, as, as, as is implied by the word chat, it was a bit of a back and forth. So, um, so that was another, you know, computer-based context for her. So that's really common, I think, and especially as time has gone by and we've been become more reliant on our digital, digital tools, um, <clears throat> you know, breaking down the computer list is not a bad idea. I'm, I'm also reminded of people that I've worked with over the years who are, who are folks who are who are uh, who work in tech, you know, developers and folks like that. Quite often, what they'll do is they'll break down their computer contexts by the tool they're using, right, within the development, testing, you know, kind of framework, rollout kind of framework. The tool they're using, they'll break it down by that. Um, so yeah, that's just some the, some sort of early examples. And I did love the Chat GPT uh, example because that's very real world and very and very sort of current. How about you? What have you run into out there in the real world? Well, that's great. And I, I love the chat GPT example too, because it underscores the point that GTD adapts to you and your unique needs. And it also adapts over time. I mean, I came to the methodology back when we were using, you know, uh, time design planners, and then later Palm pilots, right? So that gives you a sense of this is a methodology that evolves with you and evolves with the times as well. Um, for me, you know, I, I've I've seen a lot of great contexts over the years. There's a farmer on GTD Connect who has a context called South Barn. You know, they just have a lot of property. And if you're going to put on your wellies and trudge over there, there's only certain things you can do there versus versus at the main house or or what have you. And I definitely resonate with, um, 
you know, uh, people doing uh, programmers or, you know, people in tech that have different contexts like chat GPT or, you know, Jira or um, in Salesforce or in whatever kind of tool you're in. I have one uh, that's helpful to me that I developed um, fairly recently, I'd say, you know, pandemic era uh, called write record code. And what I identified there is that those three types of activity, writing a long form piece, recording a video or writing some software code, all have attributes in common in terms of my uh, willingness to be interrupted during that activity and the kind of general frame of mind I need to be in to be able to get into that and be able to do a good job of that. Um, you know, that it's certainly not something I'm going to do five minutes before a meeting, for example. And it's probably something um, that I'm going to want to do in the morning versus at the end of the day when I might be a little more ragged or more prone to making mistakes, for example. Um, but my favorite context, <laughs> context that always gets a, a rueful chuckle, I will say, um, particularly from British clients, um, is my home context called relatively dry outside. And of course, the word relatively is um, is one of the keys there um, in this particular climate in which I find myself. So currently spraying a, a second coat on the patio furniture is on there because if you've ever, if you've ever done any kind of spray, spray painting or spray work, you know um, that it, when it's really humid, it's just, it, it doesn't go on. It doesn't go on evenly. And there are other things I like to do outside and hobbies and crafts and what have you that if it's absolutely pouring down, that's just not an option for me. No matter how much I'm longing to mulch the whatever, I'm not willing to get absolutely soaked in the process of doing it. So again, that that practicality, that kind of use case approach of doesn't matter how much my brain is reminding me that it's important or interesting or useful or fun, if it's really pouring outside and I don't want to get wet, reality trumps my kind of hypothetical approach to to prioritizing or or thinking about what I want to do. So uh, Todd, as we're, I think, kind of coming to a close here, I'm curious what, um, I think we've laid out a lot of the flavor of how context can be useful to people, how you can make it your own. Some best practices maybe for people who might be struggling with making context their own or coming to embrace them in whatever way. What have you seen work? What have you seen help people um, to really, what, what are your kind of top tips for uh, making context work for you? Yeah, I think two things I'd recommend right off the bat. The first is to um, have a look at sort of the core context that we suggest, just because even if you decide you're not going to implement all of them, um, they're probably going to provide at least some inspiration for how this is going to work, right, overall. So, so have a look at, you know, computer, agenda, errands, um, uh, you know, waiting for the various contexts that we recommend. Um, just as a starting place. And then if you're not drawn overall to the approach, if you sort of say, mm, yeah, it just seems like I'm not there or I don't really see the benefit of it, then what I found can be very helpful is to allow your contexts to, um, to evolve very naturally. And what I mean by that is just start keeping one next actions list, just one. Okay, call it next actions. And as next actions are defined, go ahead and put them on that list. Okay, so as you make decisions about what the very next physical, visible thing is you need to do to move things forward, put them on that list. And then once that list gets to be 
a bit chunky, you know, 15, 20, 25 things where your sense is, hey, this list, when I look at this list, it's just going to feel a bit overwhelming. Then have a look at the contents of the list and see if the contents inform any sort of natural evolution of a, uh, you know, of context, right? Some people going through that sort of process will come up with, hey, okay, well, what I've identified here is there are a number of things that I need to discuss with various people. So maybe I should have a separate list, which is just things I need to talk to people about. There you go. And just continue that process. And that will then, I suppose, again, if you're not really drawn to the to sort of generic list, um, that will then uh, mean that over time, you will have contexts which you have self-identified and therefore, you know, in theory anyway, will have will have uh, bought into and will have seen the value of. So that's, that's um, yeah, that's an approach that I've seen work a lot uh, with, with, with a lot of people over the years. How about you? That's great. Yeah. And, and particularly useful, as you say, to be organic in terms of having those expand. I would say in terms of challenging the context and potentially uh, getting rid of ones that aren't as useful to you, another kind of technique is something we borrow from the user interface, user experience design world called use cases. And all it means is really, can you describe the circumstances under which you would go to that particular folder or tag or piece of paper or whatever it is that has that list of, of items in that particular context? And if the answer is no, not really, then it's probably hypothetical and it's probably time to, to cull that one um, and really get real. So I would say the, the, the biggest tip for me is get real with your context, make them real, make them practical, make them work for you. Todd, great conversation. You know, once again, uh, certainly a lot of, as I said, some, you know, some aha moments for me. So um, hopefully that's the case for those of you out there listening as well. We do do these regularly. So if, if this was useful to you, please like, and subscribe. We also take requests as it were. So this particular one, um, David had, had written into us and said, Hey, can you talk more about context and particularly, you know, in the era of kind of, you know, working from home where there's kind of one big major context where you work in. So hopefully, David, that we unpacked some of that for you and also uh, potentially reached reached out to the, the the wider group that might be puzzling over context in general. So for now, um, you know, I would say go and, um, you know, work this, try this. And if you have further questions or thoughts, as I say, we, we do love hearing from you. Info at next hyphen action .co.uk or go to the contact us page on next-action.co.uk. And until next time, from me, from Todd, go use those contexts, go be practical about it, and go, as we say, be kind to your future self. See you next time. <laughs>